Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. So, uh, it's so good to have you here. My name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the church, uh, Royce City, and we're so honored to have you here in our Christmas season. Uh, We have Santa Claus here today. Come on, for all the kids. Uh, So you're getting a picture with, uh, your kids are getting pictures, printed off pictures with Santa, and uh, you're going to have something uh, to take home with you today, and and we try to not make this just special for you, but also uh, for your uh, children, because we love our kids here. Uh, Last last week we had uh, the Polar Express here, come on, we got to ride the train, and uh, we had some grown folks sneak onto the train, we saw you. And, uh, and so, um, but, and then I think this next week we have a birthday party for Jesus and we got cake. Come on, your kids will want to be here for that and it's going to be good. And, uh, and, but we are, um, we're not having service as they said on the announcements. We won't be having service on Christmas day. Come on. You wouldn't have been here anyway. Let's be real. Don't, don't sit there and be like, well, it's Jesus is the reason for the season, brother. Don't give me that. You wouldn't have showed up either, okay? And and um, and it, here's the thing is, it's kind of interesting. You know, we're, we're mobile, and it takes 95 people to set all of this up. Come on, give it up for my dream team that they set all of this up. And when we were talking about it, we love family. We really do love our family, and we love our dream team. And I thought, man, I'm going to be dragging my dream team out of bed at 4.30 and 5 a.m. because they have to be here at 6 to set all of this up on Christmas Day and on New Year's Day. And that just didn't seem right. And, uh, and so, you know what? We're going to take 2017 strong. Uh, the next Sunday, we're kicking it off with our prayer and fasting, and it's going to be amazing. And, uh, and God's going to do some great things, and uh, we're excited. So y'all, are gonna get, y'all, y'all aren't going to know what to do with two Sundays off, but here's what I want you to do is please come back the next week. <laughs> Amen. We are having a Christmas service. Our Christmas is on Friday, uh, and we're just doing that. We're going to get together. So we are giving you a Christmas service. It's just not on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Amen. So we're in a series called uh, Light of the World, and I've enjoyed preaching this series so far. This is only the second message in it. Uh, Last week, I preached a message called God is for me. If you've ever asked yourself that question, is God for me? I know he's for other people, but if you've ever thought that or wondered that, go and listen to that message on the podcast. And, and uh, today I'm ready to kick this message off. Uh, the, the, I have no idea what all this stuff is up here, but they said I was supposed to preach uh, using it. So we'll wing it and figure it out. Amen. John 3.16. If you got a Bible, turn to John 3.16. Some of you are like, I don't need to turn to that. I know that one. Come on, I'm making the people, you're not, you don't, might not know very much scripture, but you know that scripture. Come on, it's painted on every fat belly at an NFL game, right? It's just one of those things like we know John 3.16, and I did you a favor and I didn't paint it on mine today, so uh, you can thank me later. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. Isn't that awesome? God so loved that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, come on, are you a whosoever? Believes in him, should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, What's So Amazing About Grace? What's so amazing about grace? Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open, receptive to hear your word. Lord, I pray right now that you'd speak to me, speak through me to the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Have you ever had somebody say something to you that made you feel insecure about yourself? Uh, No, apparently nobody. Y'all are all very confident people. Come on, you're a confident, strong woman. I appreciate that about you. But I've had things said about me, uh, and I've had people say stuff to me that has made me feel insecure as a person, right? I've had things happen to me. Come on, I've done something stupid, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm the biggest idiot on the planet. I feel insecure in the moment. And I think that all of us have some insecurities if we're really honest. You look in the mirror and you see all the flaws. Come on, you see everything that's wrong with you. Here's just a little fun fact for you. They say that you are 10% better looking than the way you see yourself in the mirror. So if you look in the mirror and you think, oh my gosh, this is awful, you can have in the back of your mind a thought that comes forward that says, but I'm 10% better looking than I think I am. So, hey, that's better. Better is always better, right? And, uh, but there's things that happen to us that make us feel insecure uh, the other day, Crystal um, was walking through the mall doing some shopping, doing what she does best, and uh, she was shopping. Now, here's the thing is that I, I love Christmas time, and I, I enjoy buying people gifts, but I never like shopping, and that's why I thank God for Amazon Prime. Come on, somebody. You can order it, and it'll be there like the next day. I love this. And here's the great thing, guys. I'm just going to give you a little. It's already wrapped. It comes in a box that says Amazon Prime. Just throw it under the tree. You're done. You don't have to wrap. It's a gift that she looks at it and thinks it's something awesome and she's excited about it. But I love that kind of shopping. But Crystal actually likes going to the mall and she thinks the other uh, yesterday she was at the mall and she's shopping and she sends me a picture and says, hey, I'm thinking about getting this for your dad. What do you think? And I'm like, I don't care. And she goes, no, but for real, what do you think? And I'm like, no, seriously, for real, I don't care. You, whatever you're getting him is better than what I would have got him because I just got him a hug. You know, Dad, hey, I, I'm breathing. That's a good gift. Amen. And, uh, but she loves, she loves shopping, and she loves buying for people, and she's walking through the mall, and she's having a great time, and she walks by a kiosk. And y'all know the, the little, little mini, mini stores out in the aisle, you know, as you're going from one store to the other. Come, most of the time they have like helicopters, you know, and I always want to buy the helicopters, but, but they have all of these little things and they're trying to get you a hair dryer. Come on, you need a new hair. And they don't ever say that to me. Uh, but they've got all these different things that you need to buy. Well, Crystal's walking by and you know, the, the typical thing is you just ignore them, right? No thanks. No thanks. No thanks. And you just keep walking. But this guy, actually, my wife is walking by, and he got her because he says, excuse me, ma'am, and she's ready to say no, and he goes, you have beautiful skin. That stops her in her tracks, and she turns around, and she walks by, back and is like, tell me more. <laughs> because you know how w- women are serious about their skin, right? They want to take care. My, my wife has a 400-step process to get ready for bed. 
seriously. It's like I got to put on this, and this is a layer, and then I got to put on this, and then I got to put on that, and then I got to do eye stuff, and then I'm serious. I'm not kidding. It looks like it's ridiculous how much stuff is by our, in our bathroom for her just to put on at night. Me, I just go to bed. I wake up looking this good, folks. Come on. (laughs) But she takes really good care of her skin, and so she's turns around and says, uh, and he goes, what do you, what products do you use on your skin? And she says, oh, I, you know, I use this product and I use this product. And he goes, oh, it's working. You, your skin is amazing. And then he says something that all of a sudden shifted everything. He said, your skin is beautiful, but have you ever thought about doing anything about the massive bags under your eyes? My wife is completely taken back by this, and she goes, excuse me? And he goes, you know, the massive bags under your eyes. You got gray skin, but you got really big bags under your eyes. And then he pulls out a catalog and holds up a picture of a really old lady with big bags. I'm talking about, like, massive, really big bags. And he goes, this is you right now. Come on. He better be glad I wasn't there, right? I wouldn't have done anything, but. (laughs) He goes, this is you right now, but I could get you here if you'll just start using my product. And here's the thing is that even though my wife is beautiful and even though I tell her she's beautiful, she's always going to remember the jerk at the kiosk that told her that she had bags under her eyes. And what it does is it makes us feel insecure about something that we are or something that we have. Something that somebody else says makes us feel insecure. And here's the thing, is long-term insecurity will lead to instability. We feel insecure about relationships, and so we're a little bit unstable. And I think this, I think a lot of people really feel insecure about their relationship with God. They're unstable in their relationship with God because here's the thing, is they don't know what God wants. They have people say, God loves you with all his heart. He loves you so much. And then on the, in the very same breath say, but you're an idiot and you need to turn from your wicked ways. And so you sit back and you go, well, does God love me or does he hate me? I'm not sure. And so we feel a little bit unstable in our relationship because here's the thing is I don't know what God wants. And so if I don't know what God wants, I don't know what to give him and I don't know what to bring him. And the Christmas season is a time when we don't really know what God wants. So we just do everything in hopes that something will make him happy. We're unstable in our relationship with God. Here's the thing, is that today I want to give you three inaccurate betrayals of your view of God, and I want to give you one accurate. And I hope that you will understand where you stand with God when you walk out of this place. I hope you'll have an accurate view of what your relationship with God could be. I think a lot of the uh, people view God like he's a fence. The first thing that we... A lot of people see God like is that he's a fence. And, you know, uh, when you're young, every fence is a challenge, right? I got to climb every fence. You got, you're from Texas. You got to know how to climb fences as a kid, right? And, and I'm talking about, you know, you can get over a fence in a minute. But the older you get, the more you realize that whatever's on the other side is just gone forever. It's unattainable. 
Me and my son can be playing ball in the backyard, and he can throw a ball over the fence, and I'm like, well, that ball's gone forever. (laughs) Because what's on the other side, I'm not getting. I can't get to it. It ain't happening. Like, it's done. And I think that a lot of us have a rela- view our relationship with God like that. Like he's on one side and we're on the other and there's no way to get to him. Have you ever had something in your life that's unattainable? Something in my life that seems to be unattainable is abs. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Beautiful six-pack abs. You see them walking and down the, you see them in magazine articles and you see the guys walking down the beach. And here's the thing is it's amazing to me because I think they're kind of like unicorns. I, I, I don't think that they really exist. I think that people fake this thing and, and I'm not sure how they do it because here's the deal is it doesn't matter how much I work out. It doesn't matter how many sit-ups or how many crunches I do. The belly remains right? It's there. And I think, I, I don't know, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to try a little more. And, and you know, that somebody said, well, you don't understand, Brian, abs are made in the kitchen. So I've been doing crunches in the kitchen and it's not changing anything. <laughs> I'm working hard and I'm trying to do it. And there's something on the other side that seems to be unattainable. And I think that a lot of Christians view God like that. Like he's on the other side, and I know that there's people out there that have relationships, but they must be just more awesome than me. But I'm on the other side, and I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to reach him. I don't know how to climb over. I can't do it. We view God like he's a fence. Here's the thing, is the reason why we see God like that is because there is a fence that stood between us and God. And that fence was sin. Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't care who you are and how awesome you think you are, you're a sinner. You have sinned at some point. You're born into this world a sinner. And that's something that separated us from God. And here we are, we were on one side of the fence and sin separated us. And God is looking at this and we think Christianity is, God, how do I climb the fence to get to you? But what you have to understand is that you don't have to climb the fence to get to God because Christianity is that God climbed the fence to get to you. That he saw that there was a fence between you. He saw there was something separating you and there was no way for you to reach him. So he climbed the fence so he could reach you. Others of us, we view our relationship with God a lot like a ladder. And I think a lot of people really struggle with this view. And what it is, is, is we think that it's a lot about what we do. That we're more holy if we do the right things. We're a little closer to God if we behave ourselves. We, we're, we're, you know, every time we, we come in and we're sitting here and, and our view of God is a ladder and we sit back and we think, oh, well, you know what? I read my Bible today. So I get to take a step up on the ladder. (sighs) I volunteered in kids' church. 
I'm basically a saint. Have you ever babysitted some of them kids, right? I gave a little bit in the offering today. One more step up. I didn't freak out and yell at my kids on the way to church. Anybody get nervous? It's okay. I'm professional. And we think that every step brings us a little closer to God. That we're getting a little bit closer to God when we behave ourselves. When we do the right things, when everything is going right, and we're like, okay, man, we got this. We're doing a really good job. And here's the thing, is that you'll know somebody is on views their relationship with God like a ladder. Because have you ever met a judgmental Christian? Have you ever met someone that looks it down at you? Here's the thing, is that they don't know how high they have to go to reach God, but they do know that whenever they look down, they're looking down at you because they're higher than you. I've done more than you. I've behaved myself better than you. I haven't messed up nearly as much as you, so I'm automatically higher up on the ladder. And here's the danger about that view is, is that we think that whenever we mess up, whenever we make a mistake, Whenever we fall short, whenever we fail, we're right back where we started. And now, I read my Bible. I volunteered. And we're climbing back up again. But here's the thing, is that you gotta understand that what's amazing about grace is not that we're climbing the ladder to get to God. It's that God climbed down the ladder to get to us. That he came to where we were. He came in the middle of our mess. He came in the middle of our mistakes, and he said, I know that you can't climb up high enough to get to me, so I'll come down, and I will get to you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. That means this. There's nothing you can do to earn God's grace. There's no, you can't climb high enough to get God's favor. You can't. The fact is, is that God came down and he became, he, he came to this earth so that he could restore a relationship with you. But a lot of us have this inaccurate view. We think, well, I just need to climb a little bit higher. I need to do a little more. I need to behave myself a little better in every step. One, One pastor was describing to his congregation what it was like to be a Christian. And he said this, completely inaccurate betrayal, but he said, I'll tell you this, church, it's like you're in a boat on a river. And as you're on this boat, God has given you oars that is grace. And the river is pulling you downstream towards hell. And as long as you keep rowing, as long as you keep doing the right things, as long as you keep reading your Bible, as long as you keep praying, as long as you keep volunteering, then you're rowing. And, and, and here's the thing, is that's not amazing grace. Yeah. 
That's amazing you. Because I did enough to get to heaven. And I can guarantee you, you're not going to get to heaven and think, man, I'm pretty awesome. I made it. Because the truth is, is you're going to take one look at his nail-pierced hands, and you're going to say, it's because of his grace that I'm here, not because of what I did. But because he was willing to come down the ladder. The other thing we view God and our relationship like is like a trash can. And we think that our lives are kind of like this trash can. And every time we mess up, we throw something in it. We think nearly that God examines every piece of trash that goes in. We think we can bring him some things, but we can't. Can't bring him the other stuff. You know, um, we had some neighbors that re- moved in recently, and and I'm originally we're originally from Sulphur Springs, and in Sulphur Springs, the trash guys will take anything, like literally anything. One day, I had an old car parked out front; it was gone. The next after trash came by, they took it. Just kidding. They're like, you can put a dead body out there. They're like, cops will work it out later. Throw it in. <laughs> Couches going in. Yep, we got this. Four or five guys jump out of that truck, throw it in the back. They just, they literally take any, any and everything. And when we moved to Roy City, all of that changed. They're like, um, I'm pretty sure this is recyclable. <laughs> I don't really talk like that. But, but it is. They're picky. And my neighbors didn't realize the city that we lived in. And they put the trash down by the street. And let me just say, they put it down there on Monday. No. It doesn't go out till Thursday night or else you get a fine. And the neighbor just out of curiosity said, hey, is this okay? And uh, he's got, the trash is completely full and overflowing. And he has bags and bags and bags of trash piled all around his trash can. And I I look over and there's a couch. And I walked up to him and I said, no, friend, that's not okay. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, number one, you can only have a singular bag outside of the trash bin. And he's like, what? I was like, it'll get you a fine. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, number two, you can't put it out here until Thursday night. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, serious, they'll give you a fine. And I said, and I'm telling you right now, wishful thinking, if you think they're going to take that couch, dude, it ain't happening. And I think that we think God is a lot like that. Like he's looking in our trash and we bring him trash and, and there, he's going, I'll take that. But I can't take that. You know what? My blood is good enough to cover that sin. You can bring me your little lies. That's cool. But I ain't taking that affair. Oh, you, you can bring me the fact that you stole something, but I'm sorry. Uh-uh. No, no. You, you, you're not going to bring me that addiction. 
And we think that God is nearly examining our trash. But here's the thing about the gospel. And what's amazing about grace is that God doesn't examine our trash. In fact, in Corinthians verse, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in, in 1 Corinthians verse 5, 2 Corinthians 5, excuse me, says this, God made him who had no sin to become sin so that I could be righteous. So that literally means this, that Jesus came to this earth and he had no sin. And he became the sin for me. He didn't come down to examine my sin. He came to become my sin. And in exchange for my sin, he gave me righteousness. He gave me redemption. He gave me grace. He gave me love. He gave me acceptance. So you come to him and we think, I can't bring that. It stinks. I can't. We view our life, our walk with God like a trash can. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I love good eating. Anybody else like good food? When I'm talking about good food, I'm not talking about this gluten-free stuff. I need more gluten in my life. People that are like, oh, I'm paleo. What is that? I eat like caveman. Well, they live like 20 years, dude, and got ate by a dinosaur. Good luck with that. I don't eat gluten. Well, give me your gluten. I feel like you're rejecting Jesus because Jesus said I'm the bread of life. So, Jesus juke. But I love good food. And the other day, we were celebrating Michael, an elder in the church, his birthday. And he said, hey, I want to go to this place. And I won't tell you the name of it because I would cause obesity in the church. Um, and so we, we drive over. And I'm serious. Like, it's three hours away. I'm not even kidding. It really wasn't. It was only 45 minutes, but it felt like three hours. And we're driving. And I'm like, man, are we ever going to get there? This better be worth it. Come on. I'm complaining the whole way, and we walk into this place, and we sit down, and it's a cool atmosphere, and we're talking and having a good time, and they bring out something that I don't even, I've never heard of in my entire life, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to say it in church, but it's called hoe cakes. I'm not kidding. And I don't know what hoe cakes are, but they're manna from heaven. I'm pretty sure that was manna. I'm t- they they had like green roughage on and popcorn and I and I'm just eating it like I mean I blacked out for a second it was so good so good and then they bring out the main dish and they brought out come on mac and cheese and I'm not talking about your skim milk mac and cheese I'm talking about real mac and like real cheese. And whole milk, come on, they, like real, like the kind that you have to like slap the spoon on the plate like four times to even get a little off, you know, like it's so stuck to the spoon because the spoon doesn't even want to let it go. (laughs) The spoon's like, no, don't take this from me. And then coleslaw, come on, good coleslaw, we're from Texas, come on, and potato salad and homemade 
not store-bought, homemade biscuits with homemade jelly. I'm not kidding. This place is amazing. I'm seriously not telling you. But, but I'm sitting there, and then on top of that, then they bring out the, this amazing stuff called fried chicken. And they set this fried chicken, and here's the thing, is that I always thought that my grandmother, my nana, made the best fried chicken in the world. And when I tasted that fried chicken, I wanted to slap her for ever serving me anything but that and calling it fried chicken. It was so good. So good that I took it home and ate it cold out of the fridge the next day. Come on. It was that good. It was amazing food. And I was sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is, every dish was better than the next. And I was like, this is amazing and it's good. And you know what makes a good food even better is good company. Have you ever had bad company and a good meal? It'll ruin the meal. But we're sitting across and we're hanging out and this food is coming and, and man, it's so good and I'm enjoying my, my meal and I'm, I'm, it's sinful but it's good and I, I'm, en- I'm enjoying myself and I'm having a great conversation and we're talking and we're having fun and we're laughing and it just turns into ours. And you know, we've looked at all these different views of what our relationship with God is like but when Jesus explains what your relationship is like. He does it in Revelations 3.20. He says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and I'll dine with him. What? Here's the thing that's amazing about grace. Is it doesn't say, I'll kick the door in. But isn't it amazing that the God of creation, the God who died for us, who came to this earth, who crossed over the fence, who came down the ladder, who became my sin, is standing at the door. And he's so patient. That he waits and he knocks. And I don't have to find Jesus because he's just waiting on me. And if I open the door, he doesn't come in and go, This place is a mess. You've got dishes in the sink, you got trash in the can, you need to remodel your kitchen. You've got all of these things that you got. No, he says this. He says, I come in. I sit down. And I dine. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus describes your relationship, he doesn't describe it as a fence you got to cross. Ladder, you got to come down. It's a door you have to open and say, God, come in. And He comes in and He sits down with you and He just dines with you. And this is where life change happens. Because here's the thing, church, is when I asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, I wasn't perfect. 
I had mistakes. I'd, I'd fallen short many different times, and I still fall short on a, de- on a regular basis. That Here's the thing, is Jesus has changed me, but he's never once got up from the table. He's never once left me. He's still sitting at the place that I invited him to sit. And when you understand that this is what our relationship is like, that this is what he expects, that this is what he wants to do, changes everything. And that is what's so amazing about grace. Stand on your feet. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.